Now, Father, we ask once again to bless your word. And thank you for for the power that is in it, Lord, as it comes to our hearts. And may we give you the glory in it all, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to be going to Proverbs in just a moment, okay? But we're going to start in another passage. So we're continuing our series in the book of Proverbs. But I wanted to, to first come to uh, Colossians. If you turn to Colossians chapter 3 with me, Colossians 3, and we'll read together 12 through 15. 12 through 15. And then I want to see if you can pick out what we are going to be looking at in Proverbs. What subject? Remember, we're going topically through Proverbs. So let's read together verse 12. Paul writes, And so, as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, and then he tells them to do this, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. And beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. And let the peace of of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful." So there's a lot there that Paul is telling the church the way they ought to live. Does anybody want to take a guess as to, if you pull something out of there, what might be our subject? It's in there somewhere. Just speak it out if you you have an idea. Anybody want to take a chance? Uh, Yes, Sue. Oh, that's there, and that's a good one, but that's not what we're going to look at, but good try. Anybody else? Thank you, Sue. Anybody else? I know there's a lot there, so maybe this is a bad test, but it's not a test, really. Anybody else? Yeah, Greg, what do you got? Oh, wait a minute. Do you know? Yeah, he doesn't know. Compassion. That's That's a fantastic subject, but that's not the one. Good try. Good, good try. Which one? Forgiveness. Oh, one time we're going we're gonna to go there. We're going to go there. <laughs> but I'm sorry, Linda, not tonight. But, but that's a powerful subject. Anybody else? Peace of God. The peace of God? That is definitely in Proverbs, throughout the Proverbs, you know, and... Uh, We know about that, but that's not the one either. But thank you, Jim, for trying. The peace of God, Denny. Put on love. Put on love. Another good one. But I'm sorry. Eh. You know, that's they do with the games, you know. But I love your your efforts. Dave, what do you have? Chosen of God. Chosen of God? That is another excellent subject. But 
did, yeah, am I, in the right, am I in the right book or am I reading the right first? <laughs> yeah, go back to last Sunday. Oh, my goodness. Um, w- <clears throat> yes. Wisdom. Uh, Brandon, that was a good try. But Oh, she said it, not you. Okay, so she gets the blame. Okay, she, he wasn't involved wisdom. Yeah, that's the overall picture of, 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 of Proverbs. Dave? Unity. Unity. Oh, man, we could spend hours on that, but we're not going to. But that was a great try. Dave? That, that, that again would be a great one. See, this is why I did this, because I figured it's going to hide in there, and it would be one of the last things you would think that we would be looking at in the book of Proverbs. Anyone else? Another one. I think I, I actually heard it. Someone said it over here. Who said that? I said it, but is it the right word? <laughs> yes, it is. Well, then I said it. You know, you, you're the one... <laughs> Jim, outstanding. Leave it to a scholar. Yeah, that's right. That is it, humility. We find it tucked away in there. Thank you so much for playing that game together here. But it's tucked away in the middle of the put on a heart of compassion, kindness, but there it is, humility, humility. And when we speak, so that is what we're going to be uh, looking at tonight, what does God say concerning humility uh, in the book of Proverbs? Uh, we know that <clears throat> we know that if we study humility, the subject of humility, uh, that would also mean we have to study the opposite. Which what would be the opposite of humility? Pride. Yes, pride. And God says much about that and uh, uh, about pride and so uh let's let's just turn now then to proverbs and let's begin over in uh uh proverbs 22 so if you go to proverbs 22 not psalms (laughs) but proverbs proverbs 22 verse 4 and we'll start here we're going to jump around and and see the different verses and, and the truths that are presented here in God's Word. Proverbs 22, verse 4, Solomon writes, The reward of humility, uh, the reward of humility and the fear of the Lord are what? Riches, honor, and life. Notice that humility, there's a reward for humility, for a humble heart. That there's a humble heart. But it, what does it go with? Notice he says it, it coincides with the fear of God. It has to be both. I cannot fear God, which again is living in such a way that I, I know who he is. He's all powerful and I... I reverence him i'm in awe of him and what he can do and and therefore the only way i can fear god is if i walk humbly before him that's the only way if i'm walking in pride if i have a proud heart in any way 
then I am not walking in the fear of the Lord. And what Solomon says here is there's a reward for those who, who live in humility and in the fear of the Lord. Riches, honor, and life. That pretty much covers a whole, pretty much everything. That God rewards the humble. Now the, uh, <clears throat> the word humility, it's interesting as we look to the, uh, the original uh, meaning of it in the Hebrew and Greek. Um, first in the Greek, and we, we will later look at some New Testament passages that will again refer to humility. But that Greek word we saw in Colossians for humility, that Greek word uh, in the Greek and Roman culture, it was not a virtue. So now we're, we think, oh, you know, we know that, say, well, someone who's humble, that, that's a great virtue. But to the Greeks and Romans, no, it wasn't. The Greek word is tapinos in the Greek, and it has the idea or meaning of being crushed or debased. That's the way the Greeks looked at it, this word humility, which would also, they, they would interpret it as meek or gentle, gentle. And it was always associated with failure and shame. So if somebody, if they were in Greek times and Roman times, if you use the word humility to speak of somebody, um, that, would, that would be a terrible thing to say about them. Because you basically you're saying they're a shameful person, they're weak, you know, they're debased. And it's completely opposite, though, uh, according to the Scriptures, what the biblical understanding of the word humility is. In Judaism, humility is an appreciation of oneself, one's talents, one's skills, and one's virtue. It's not self-depreciating idea, but it's putting others above yourself. And of course, it starts with God. It means I am content with who I am in God, where I am in Christ, but my desire is to exalt others in my life over me and to walk humbly before my God. So walking in biblical humility is to show esteem for others and bringing them the respect and honor and lifting them up, exalting them as they, uh, as, as they, they deserve. And sometimes maybe they don't deserve it, but we need to do that. But here we see, to begin with, how important humility is. And so, <clears throat> turn with me now to chapter 11. Let's go over to Proverbs 11, verse 2. And again, many of these Proverbs, we, when we see these, um, both humility is spoken of along with pride. So here we have it. Verse 2, Proverbs 11. When pride comes, then comes dishonor. 
but with the humble is wisdom. God lays it out clearly here that any time a person lives with a proud heart and <clears throat> uh, as soon as I think, by the way, as soon as I think I'm humble, um, that goes out the window, right? Because, uh, again, it's something that you, 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 you don't think, you want to th- say, Lord, give me a humble heart and deal with my pride. But what we want to do is when we n- notice that pride is setting in in some area of our life, and then we can see how it's, uh, it's, it, it, it brings dishonor to us. Do you remember the last time you caught yourself? I can remember times I caught myself with a proud heart. You know, we still have that old nature. And so pride is in there. And so suddenly I can be very proud of something I've accomplished. And I can, you know, go around and, and uh, wait for, you know, praises or walk you know, with my nose up or, or just uh, have an arrogant attitude. Maybe I'm, I'm better than somebody else and the pride sets in. We think we're better than somebody else. And what happens? We will find that we'll come and it will not bring us honor, but it will bring us dishonor. And again, it, the pride brings dishonor, but the wonderful thing about humility is it, it is enveloped in wisdom wisdom if we are truly to know the wisdom of god as seen throughout the book of proverbs we have to begin with humility turn to proverbs 16 5 now let's go to proverbs 16 verse 5 now here it's speaking of the the proud so again we think of the opposite humility isn't mentioned but pride is everyone who is proud in heart is what an abomination to the lord assuredly he will not be unpunished that is a powerful statement right there that pride is an abomination to the lord and of course excuse me where do we first see pride in history anybody recall where where we first notice in in the scriptures we can find where pride first appeared anybody wish to say it out Satan, that's right. Satan exalted himself, and he wanted to be like God. And so because he wanted to be like the Most High, and he strove to be that way, he was cast out of heaven. It was Satan's pride that got him cast down, the first sin. And, and therefore, uh, when that happened, and the other angels that followed with him were cast out of heaven... Uh, the Lord looked on that sin as like one of the worst sins. I mean, if, if you were to put degrees on sin, pride in God's eyes is at the top, is one, one of the top. And, and so if, if this is an abomination, I have got to really 
ask God, Lord, see if there be any pride in my life. Lord, catch it if there's a time in my life where suddenly I'm, I, I'm getting proud in my spirit, in my mind, and I'm not walking humbly, humbly before you. Pride is so... Is, pride is such a, uh, uh, a wicked sin, and God says it shall not go unpunished. Now turn to Proverbs 29, 23. Proverbs 29, 23. A man's pride will bring him low, but a humble spirit will obtain honor. Isn't it interesting that the word honor is continually associated with humility and a humble heart. That God will honor the Christian who is walking in humility before the Lord with a humble spirit. God will, will exalt him and will, will honor him. And of course, there again, it's mentioned that pride will bring somebody, somebody low. And how many times have we seen that in, in the world? You see someone on television that has, you know, been at, ar- ar- arrogant in their lifestyle and the way they talk and, and, uh, and basically they, they pride and they, suddenly they come to ruin. Because sooner or later, uh, those who are, live with a proud heart come crashing down. And they, don't, they, they are not blessed by God. And we know Proverbs 16. Turn to Proverbs 16, 18 here. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18. And you all know this one. If there's a verse that were to jump out at you or you remember from the past that you might have learned. Pride goeth, goeth before destruction. And a haughty spirit before stumbling. And look at verse 19. It is better to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Solomon is once again saying that the pride and a haughty spirit will bring stumbling. But it's better to live with a humble spirit and have, have not have much in this life. But yet you will be honored by God. We'll be honored by God. If we don't, uh, we may not have anything. It's so much better than maybe we've accumulated a lot of things and material things, maybe because um, we've, we've done it with a sense of pride in the sense of, of the wrong kind of pride, and we've, we've gone and we've accumulated and achieved success in the world's eyes, but in God's eyes, it's not, it's not what, what brings him honor and glory and will certainly bring him, uh, we bring him shame when we come to a place of, of, of living and acting with a proud heart. I just want to look at another one here, and then we do want to go to, a lot of these do say the same thing about what pride does. Then I want to go to the New Testament here. 
But if you go to uh, Proverbs 29.8, Proverbs 29.8, and then we'll go to the New Testament. Because you can jump, we can jump all around and see humility and pride and the judgment that comes with it. But Proverbs 29, verse 8. Scorners set a city aflame, but the wise turn away wrath. When a wise man has a controversy with a foolish man, the foolish man either rages or laughs, and there is no rest. Here we see that scorners, those who are prideful, uh, what, did, what do they do? They will, they'll, they'll live a life so bad that they will set things aflame. They can even set a city aflame. But wise men or uh, uh, humble men turn away anger. You know, when I am, I am under the control of the Holy Spirit, then I, I can act in a humble way through my words as well as my actions. And how many times have, uh, have we found that our words get us in so much trouble? And the word that comes out of my mouth, and it can happen in the home, in a marriage, in, in family, and we, we, we just end up, because, because of the pride that's in there, we don't want anyone to tell us we are wrong. Whether maybe it's a wife or, or a brother or somebody else, and they, they come and, and, and they criticize us. What happens? Pride raises up its ugly head, and then I need to defend myself. When was the last time you defended yourself in your home or in your family? Maybe today? You know, we, 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 we want to say, well, no, no, this is, you're misjudging me, and then we try and defend ourselves, and we allow pride to, to, to take control, and what does it do? It brings division, it brings strife, in a marriage, and in a home. But I want us to see what God says about it in the New Testament through the Apostle Paul. So turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Let's go to Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 3. Ephesians 4, 1 through 3. The Apostle Paul... Was, was continually concerned about the attitudes of the church, attitudes of the believers, because he kept hearing about the dissension and, and the divisions in the church. And so he would remind them what they need to do. So here in Ephesians 4, verse 1, Paul says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, entreat you, to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. A worthy calling. Walk in a manner worthy of the calling. What's that calling? I'm a child of the king. So I have to look at my life and say, Lord, am I representing you and bringing honor to your name by the way I live, by my actions and my attitudes? Then he goes on to verse 2. With all humility and gentleness, 
with patience, showing forbearance to one another in love, being diligent to preserve what? The unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Paul was always concerned about that unity. And, (coughs) excuse me, usually if there is a pulling apart in the body of Christ, you know, most of the time we can narrow it down to pride, can't we? It usually is pride that brings division. It's my way or we don't do it. And everybody, you know, uh, digs their heels in and says, no, we're not going to do it that way. We're doing it my way. And this is the way I think we should do it. And, and suddenly there is, there is a, a, a criticizing of one another. There is no love. There is no bond of unity. But when a church and its people are, are seeking to walk in a worthy manner before the Lord, they're walking in humility and gentleness with patience and showing forbearance to one another in love, which means putting up with one another and, and all our faults so that we don't go around judging each other but accept each other as we are. And, and, and then lo- th- th- this way, it, it's a proof of our love for God and for when we love one another. And I, love, I show my love for God when I walk humbly before others and I exalt others over Myself. Now turn to Ephesians chapter 2. I'm sorry, uh, Philippians 2. Philippians 2, just go over to Philippians 2, verse 3. And with this, we will wrap this up. We might gain again an understanding of what God wants for each one of us. Paul says to the church in Philippi, Chapter 2, verse 3, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, let each of you regard one another as more important than himself. And verse 4, do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Notice what Paul's saying in verse 4, or what he's not saying, I should say. He's not saying, don't care about yourself, your own personal interests. You should have, you should have, you should debase yourself, you should, uh, you know, and basically not care about anything in your own personal life. No, he's not saying that. We are to look on our own personal interests. That's what he says here. He says, do not look merely look out for your own personal interests. In other words, if I am, that's my sole goal in life is to take care of me, myself, and I. Then I'm not walking with a humble spirit before the Lord. But if I am looking to the interests and needs of others, I am suddenly reaching out. I'm lifting them up and saying, how can I help you? or praise them, or encourage someone. There might be somebody in the church that, that is, you know, is, is doing a behind-the-scenes ministry, and nobody comes around to encourage them. You know, 
may the Lord lay it on our hearts to, to find those people and to encourage them in the Lord and, and, and exalt them and just in, tell them how honored God is by, by their service, what they are doing, and that you are being blessed by watching their faithfulness. But then Paul goes on, and now he points to Christ. And this is where we all want to end on Christ himself. Have this attitude or this mindset in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. And here it is in verse 8. And being found in the appearance of a man, he, what's next? Humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on the cross. Here, Paul makes it clear. Jesus Christ is our example. What did he do? He was God in the flesh. And he could have said, Father, there's no way I'm going to allow these people to, be, to nail me to a cross and I'm going to die and suffer and carry all the sin Upon me. But God the Father sent his Son and he gave his Son the plan of salvation and said, Son, this is my will. I want you to obey it. And so that's why we see the word obedience there in verse 8. Being found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself by becoming what? Obedient to the point of death. He obeyed the Father all the way, which means Jesus himself humbled himself before his heavenly Father. And if Jesus had that kind of mindset that would send him to a cross and continue on and be willing to take on the sins of the world and die for you and me, should I not have the same mindset? If he saved me, he redeemed me, and he did all that for me, how can I not walk in, in humility before the Lord, you know, and before others? And if I do, if my desire is to live humbly before my God and before others, I then know that I am producing the mind of Christ, that actually he is producing it in me, that I'm living with his mindset to put others above myself and stay in obedience to the Father's will, being made like Him, our Lord Jesus Christ. This is a time when we cover a subject, and you know, and when we talk about something like this, it's, it's difficult to talk about some of these subjects like this, because, because I know that each one of us fall short of walking humbly before the Lord. And I just pray that, that he would humble my heart and that he, I would walk in such a way that I would have the mind of Christ, that I'd be willing to sacrifice anything 
for, for anyone else, a brother and sister in Christ, and for their needs. And that is when God is honored and glorified in our lives. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, that this can only be accomplished, Lord, not in our own strength, for we would but fail. But Lord, it is through thy Holy Spirit that we are able to have a humble heart and put on humility along with patience and love and all these other fruits of the Spirit. Lord, I pray that you would give us an awareness, Lord, of when pride begins to raise its head in our hearts and in our minds. And suddenly we are putting ourselves above others. And we are not walking humbly before you. Make that clear to us, Lord. And may our hearts continue to be conformed to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen.